Hello and welcome to Peace, Love, and Robots, a podcast about anything and everything and all that is in between. I am your host, Jeremy, and this is episode 13 for December 2nd, 2020. What? We're almost done with 2020? Huh. <sighs> Now, I can't be alone in my excitement for this dumpster fire of a year to be over, but it's really hard to get excited about anything these days because, honestly, we have no idea what 2021 will have in store for us. All we can do is hope for the best and prepare for the worst, right? As always, this podcast is brought to you by the ads you hear at the beginning and end of the show. So if you listen all of the way through, I am forever in your debt. All right. Uh, as you know, this show was started as a way to keep me accountable as a writer. The month of November was sort of a wash because I participated and completed National Podcast Post Month. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's Napod Pomo, or as I like to call it myself, Podvember. If you don't know what that is by now, I've explained it pretty much every episode, but you might be new. Napod Pomo is a challenge to podcasters to create 30 original episodes of a podcast every day in the month of November. One episode every day. That's 30 new episodes. If you didn't hear, it didn't. you thought you didn't hear me right. 30 episodes <laughs> that was tough including uh uh four episodes for peace love and robots so i was very very busy so uh for napod poem on my show was working class hero stories from my life's work and i went above and beyond the total of 30 episodes in fact counting this show i will have released 35 podcasts in 32 days. That's huge. One episode every single day. <laughs> it was a lot of work, uh, but that's okay. <laughs> I love it. And since I've been trying to update my listeners on my writing progress, I thought it only right to give you all the big picture of how much that podcast challenge required of me. Like I said, since November 1st, I recorded 35 podcast episodes. That's 31 for the challenge, four for the show, which I calculated it. I added it up in a spreadsheet that amounts to over six hours of material, six hours. I could in six hours drive from my house to New York City um, in six hours. Uh, I could watch almost two Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah, six hours is a long time. That's almost an entire work day, okay? That's a lot of content. As for downloads, that's another story. I, a lot of podcasters like to focus on downloads, and yeah, that's the only way you can really gauge whether your show is being successful. Uh, the most successful podcasts, they average about 50,000 downloads a month. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that the outliers are like your Joe Rogans, your Adam Carollas, uh, your Ben Shapiro's, 
you know, all of those, those people that are upper echelon, they're getting a lot more than that. But the most successful podcasts that aren't them average about 50,000 downloads a month. The top 10% of the podcast world average about 3,400. Yeah. An average podcast gets about 140 downloads per month. 140. Yeah, that's uh, that's an average podcast. So how did I fare? Well, by that scale, I'm just above average. As of this recording, I have about 292 downloads for Working Class Hero, which isn't that shabby. If you count the trailer episode, I'm at an even 300. So uh, really, should that count? I don't know. But I like that round number, 300 downloads and growing. I'm sure there'll be a few more stragglers as time goes on. Uh, it's, it's pretty exciting. That's, that's more than I've gotten on any of my other shows in that short amount of time. So that's pretty exciting. Um, but what about writing? Uh, my workflow for working class hero went sort of like this. Uh, first, you know, two weeks or so before the show started before November, I outlined an entire month, uh, every show with their episodes. And I would, uh, as time went on, I would chronologically write out every show word for word. I kept to this script rather rigidly with the only the occasional ad lib. And it's sort of like this. I'm doing it like that now. My intention was always to turn that story into a book. So how many words did I write in November? Drum roll, please. 47,618. 47,618. Wow. That's a lot of words. That's almost 1,600 words a day. Do you know what other challenge encourages people to write just a little more than that every day in November? National Novel Writing Month, or NaNoWriMo. Not only did I complete National Podcast Post Month, but I was only 2,382 words shy of completing National Novel Writing Month. I'm going to give myself a pat on the back for that. Yeah. I don't care about the rules. I'm going to take that as a win. Did anyone else finish a book and a de facto audiobook version of that in 30 days before? I doubt it. So celebrate with me. I'm patting myself on the back. That's right. All right. All right. Calm down. Calm down. You don't have to celebrate. Do what you want. I'm not the boss of you. Let's talk about something else. It's December. That means, even though Hallmark Channel's been doing this forever, uh, uh, we can officially start watching and talking about Christmas movies, Christmas music, Christmas traditions, all of that. I I absolutely love Christmas. It is my favorite time of the year. So for the month of December, I'm going to set aside just a little bit of time to talk about my favorite Christmas movies, or at least something related to one. Today, uh, well, today is the day I'm recording, um, which is the 1st of December. Netflix is the holiday movies that made us premiered with two episodes. I'm not sure if they're going to do any more than that, but two episodes are out now. And the first one focused on Elf from 2003. New Line Cinema proudly presents a little holiday story. One Christmas Eve, 
Santa Claus got an unexpected gift of his own. What in the name of Sam Hill? 30 years later... Let's recite the code of the elves, shall we? The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Buddy's discovering who he really is. You're not like the rest of us. I was sure when you cracked six feet that it would come up. My bad. You're not an elf. Now, he's taking a journey to find the family he's never known in a place where he finally fits in. Boy. And nothing's going to stop him. Sorry, your car's pretty. Will Ferrell is elf. What's your name? Does someone need a hug? Nutcracker! Catch the holiday spirit. Just trying to hug you! Elf was one of those movies that snuck up on me. I don't even remember when I first saw it. I believe I may have rented it, um, but that immediately became a must-own. And you know that I love the movie because I bought two copies of it on DVD. I lost one, could not find it one year, so went out and bought another copy of it. And then, just a couple years ago, I upgraded to a Blu-ray. So that's how much I love the movie. I I've bought multiple copies of it. And I even have a digital copy. So there you go. There's a lot to love about Elf. And these are just a few things I'm going to just list off for you. First... Will Ferrell, he is so awesome in this movie. And it's because he completely buys into the role. He's totally committed. There isn't even a fraction of a second where he winks at the camera, indicating that he's in on the joke. You really believe he's a 30-year-old man who believes he's an elf. That's how good he is. That's a performance. Second, the production design. Okay. New York City is New York City. There's not much you can do about that. It's sort of a character in and of itself. One fun fact that they mentioned in this documentary series was that all of the exterior shots in New York, they were done guerrilla style without elaborate setups. They didn't rope off locations. They didn't pay extras. Every person, even the guy in the full red sweatsuit, you know, where Buddy runs up and thinks it's Santa. Yeah, those were all just people on the street. That was luck that that guy was there. Pretty crazy, huh? But then you have the set design. All of the North Pole stuff. It's just incredible. The colors, the stark white gray of the building interiors, the exterior snowscape, the the costume design, the use of stop motion, everything combined with that makes it just feel timeless. And that's important. Especially for my final point. Elf is a movie that we're going to be watching for generations. It's up there with the Rankin-Bass Rudolph and A Charlie Brown Christmas. It's a family movie with a lot of heart, which is really the most important thing for a Christmas movie, right? If you're a movie nerd who loves the behind-the-scenes stuff like me, I'd highly recommend taking the time to watch that episode. I'm looking forward to the other episode in the series focusing on The Nightmare Before Christmas, but I won't talk about that here. I haven't watched it yet. Anyway. Uh, but next week, since we're going to focus on Christmas movies, I'm going to talk about Christmas Carol adaptations, which gives me a perfect segue for the question of the week. 
Who's your favorite Scrooge? I'm talking about Ebenezer Scrooge. Who's your favorite adaptation of Ebenezer Scrooge? You've got lots out there. You have your Jim Carrey. You have George C. Scott. You could go really, really old school, and you can go the radio version with uh, with Lionel Barrymore. You know, who's your favorite Scrooge? You can let me know by sending an email to peaceloveandrobotspod at gmail.com. That's peaceloveandrobotspod at gmail.com. Or you can leave me a voicemail at 585-371-8986. When I hear from you, I just might share it on the next episode. So speak clearly and keep it clean. (laughs) I think it's enough for today. Let's close up shop. If you like what you heard here and think your friends would like it too, feel free to rate, review, subscribe, and share the show. It's not that hard to find. I'm on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and just in the last few weeks, I am on Audible. That's right. Audible now has podcasts, and I'm one of them. That's awesome. Peace, love, and robots taste great, and it's less filling. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.